Angie's List is now Angie, the nation's largest home service marketplace. And they are here to help homeowners get all their jobs done well. Angie has helped over 150 million homeowners care for their homes. Whatever your home project, big or small, indoor or outdoor, come to Angie to connect with and hire skilled professionals to get the job done well. Have you had a leaky roof? We did, and it was a nightmare. But through Angie, we found an amazing roofer who specialized in flat roofs, and he fixed it right and quickly. Angie can help you find the best price for your project. Angie lets you request and compare quotes from multiple pros in just a few taps or book services at an upfront price based on local data. Angie has cost guides that tell you what others have paid for similar projects, both nationally and in your area. Get started at Angie.com, that's A-N-G-I, or download the app today. The app and website are both free to use. That's Angie.com. Getting the smile and confidence you've been dreaming about all from the comfort of your home isn't a total mystery with Bite Clear Aligners. Just don't be surprised if all your friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. Bite Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. This is the Tom Hartman Program. Alabama's celebrating the day that the South traitors who tried to rise up against American democracy, a bunch of rich white plantation owners, and take down democracy and replace it with oligarchy. Today is the celebration in Alabama of their failure, apparently. Mississippi also has their Confederate Memorial Day, as does South Carolina. Today is that day for Mississippi. Mississippi also observes Robert E. Lee Day in January, and uh, Alabama marks the birthday of Confederate President Jefferson Davis in June. All kinds of stuff to talk about today. I want to start out with my op-ed today that I published over at HartmanReport.com just a, a few hours ago. It's titled, Will Comrade DeSantis Succeed in Destroying the Constitution? So, Ron DeSantis thinks he's got a threefer, right? He gets to trash Disney, play chief culture warrior in an election year, and even raise taxes on blue counties, Osceola County, Orange County, the two counties where, you know, where Disney has most of their property, the two counties that are going to see a 10, 20, 30 million dollar increase in their taxes and their property taxes next year if DeSantis's bill doesn't get repealed. They voted like over 60 percent for Biden in the last election. So DeSantis, you know, helping your friends, punishing your enemies. It's the way that, you know, two-bit dictators have been working for a long, long time, and, and DeSantis is no exception to that. I think that there's a larger issue here, the one of the Constitution. It is increasingly obvious to me that not just Ron DeSantis, but Republicans in general, but DeSantis has put himself at the head of the wedge here. The, you know, the, he's the leading the the movement because he wants to be president in 2024, 2025. He wants to be elected in 2024. And 
the way that they are going about doing this is by destroying our Constitution. Now, why would they want to destroy the Constitution? Because they want America to be a fundamentally different country. America, when it was founded 240 plus years ago, America was the first nation in 3,000 years, and arguably the first nation ever. Because I, I don't think you could even make this claim about Athens, about Greece, 3,000 years ago. It was the first nation that was based on an idea rather than on territory or genetics or both. Most nations are based on territory and genetics. We're Swedes because our ancestors were Swedes. We look like Swedes. We live in Sweden. That kind of thing, right? That, that has been the basis of every nation on, in history until us. And yeah, I get it. You know, it was, you know, rich white guys or actually a lot of them were, <laughs> most of them were not rich, but it was a bunch of white men who stole a bunch of land from Native Americans and brought over enslaved people from Africa. I get all that. And there was this idea. This idea that people can govern themselves without leadership that is hereditary or that speaks on behalf of God, which was a revolutionary idea. No literate society had done this in, you know, in 3,000 years since, since, since Greece. So number one, we can, we can do that. And and we can do that with an operating system, as it were, a constitution that puts the rule of law above things like, like blood and soil, was Hitler's phrase. You know, the, the, the where you are and who you are. And that's a, that's a, that was a huge big deal. And understanding, as the founders and framers did, uh, the, the founders of this country and the framers of the constitution, who were... Uh, by and large, two, two different groups of people. There was a generational split there between, you know, 1776 declaring the war, 1789 signing the Constitution. It was almost 20 years. Or, you know, it was, it was a while, shall we say. But they realized that if you're going to have a nation that's based on an idea rather than on genetics or land, then you, that idea has to be enshrined in a way that it is sacrosanct, that it is above everything else, the idea. And the idea is embedded in the Constitution. As I pointed out, it was imperfectly acted out back in the day, but we're, we're trying to get there. And this is why in Article 2, for example, the Constitution specifically says that when the president becomes president, he must swear an oath. He must say, I do solemnly swear or affirm that I will faithfully execute the office of president of the United States and will do to the best of my ability, preserve, protect, and defend the Constitution of the United States. Now, notice it doesn't require him to protect the country. It doesn't protect him to, it doesn't require him to protect the citizens of the country. The Constitution doesn't even require the president to protect the symbols of the country, like the flag or the, or the Capitol building. It only requires him to protect, preserve, and defend the Constitution. Because the founders knew that if you're going to have a country based on an idea, the idea has to be sacrosanct. Every time that idea collides with local, temporary, or political considerations, it must prevail. Without that constitution, as it were, the idea is gone. And without the idea, the country is dead. 
without the Constitution, we go back to being like we were before 1789, you know, 13 warring colonies, basically a bunch of local provinces. This is also why Article 6 says that everybody, all state elected officials, all federal elected officials, all state and federal appointed officials, also have to swear to support this Constitution. It's right there in Article 6. It has to be put above your religion. In fact, Article 6 even says that. No religious test. Now, you know, I learned this in fourth grade civics. I, I get it that, you know, Reagan destroyed our education system. Most people don't even know this stuff anymore. And so what we see with DeSantis, here you've got Disney coming out and saying, we don't agree with this law. And DeSantis says, oh, you spoke up against me, so I'm going to punish you. Now, that's unconstitutional. The First Amendment, yes, I don't like the fact that, you know, the Supreme Court has given First Amendment protections to, to corporations, but it's there. And so the, the First Amendment, under the current regime, as it were, says that whether it's a person or a corporation, they're both persons, they have First Amendment rights both to free speech and a First Amendment right to petition the government for redress of grievances. In other words, to say, we don't like this law. And DeSantis is punishing Disney for this. That is nakedly unconstitutional. And it's not just an assault on Disney. It's an assault on our constitutional system. Now, why would DeSantis want to do that? Because he wants to be president. He doesn't just want to be president. He wants to be the first president in the mold of Trump. Trump was our first president who tried to destroy American democracy and align this country with dictators like, dictatorships like Saudi Arabia and Russia. Trump tried to do that. He tried to pull us out of NATO. He tried to get us out of all these multilateral, I mean, basically he tried to destroy our form of government. DeSantis wants to do the same, as far as I can tell. And he came right out and said it, by the way. When DeSantis signed this legislation, he says, so you're a corporation based in Burbank, California, and you're going to marshal your economic might to attack the parents of my state? We view that as a provocation. We're going to fight back against that. Like, you know, um, like Don Corleone or Vladimir Putin. And, of course, you know, who's, who's going to be hurt by this? Well, these two counties that voted 60.9% Demo 60 Democrats to 37.8% Republicans. They're going to see their taxes go up. This is the kind of corruption that our great experiment, our Constitution, was designed to prevent, to prevail against. These naked appeals to racism, bigotry, and hate are as destructive to a nation founded on an idea as is DeSantis's defiance of our Constitution. This is the Tom Hartman Program. So do you think Comrade DeSantis will succeed at destroying our Constitution? Should the Bible be banned, by the way? That's up next. And a GOP death cult alert. This is the Tom Hartman Program. Defending America from the conservative weapons of mass deception. Tom Hartman here right with you.
So should the Bible be banned? This is fascinating. There's, there's a guy down in Florida. His name is uh, Chaz Stevens. He lives in Deerfield Beach. And he sent letters to the superintendents of eight school districts in Florida saying, if you guys are going to ban books, now keep in mind, since just July of last year, in, just in the state of Florida, more than 200 books have been banned. Never thought I'd see the day, right? But here we are. So this guy says, okay, if you're banning books because they have rape in them, the Bible has rape in it. If you're banning books because they have abortion in them, the Bible has abortion in it. If you're banning books because they treat subjects in a woke way, like love your enemies, be kind to those who curse you, the Bible has woke stuff in it. If you want to ban the Bible because it has a slavery, or if you want to ban books because they discuss slavery, the Bible has slavery in it. In fact, I mean, that's the whole, that's the whole thing, right? Escape from Egypt. If you want to ban books because they have weird sex in them, the Bible has incest, it has rape, it has, uh, it has bestiality, sleeping with animals. It has homosexuality. It's got all that stuff in it. And so he's saying to these eight school districts in Florida, if you're going to ban books, the Bible should be at the front of the list. I mean, why are you guys not banning the Bible? I'm surprised. You know this, this uh, libs of, of TikTok uh, Twitter account that has been taking progressive content that seems a little over the top off TikTok and putting it on, you, on Twitter, and then Republican politicians and right-wing media and Fox News have been using that to, to criticize liberals. I'm surprised that nobody has started a Twitter account called um, Conservatives in the Bible or Sex in the Bible or something like that, and just start tweeting Bible verses that are like off the wall. You know, the story of uh, Job and his daughters or, uh, you know, the, the, sla the, the, you know, Paul's injunction in, I think it's Ephesians, you know, be nice to your slaves. Um, it, I mean, it's like there's just, there's all kinds of stuff in the Bible that you can retweet that would be just as crazy. So do you think that these Florida school districts will ban the Bible or could this be the thing that breaks the fever? Just like when the Church of Satan demanded a Satan statue in the Alabama, you know, Supreme Court, and all of a sudden they said, okay, no more religious you stuff. You're listening to the Tom Hartman program. Satan, by the way, is in the Bible as well. And in one place, he's actually characterized as a, an angel of light. Oh, my God. Delve into the shadows of the mind with Sleeping Dogs, a gripping murder mystery starring Academy Award winner Russell Crowe. Now available on digital. Crow portrays an ex-homicide detective, unraveling a brutal murder he can't recall. Uncovering secrets from his past, he learns a chilling truth. It's best to let sleeping dogs lie. Visit sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery to watch Sleeping Dogs, now on digital. That's sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery. Man, that sunset is Gorgeous. Grill, patio, sunset. Hard to get better than that. Unless you're browsing Carvana's inventory while you soak it all in. Oh, burger time. 
So sit back, get comfortable. Carvana's got thousands of cars under $20,000 just waiting for you. I could stay here forever. Carvana, where car buying meets comfort meets convenience. Download the app or visit Carvana.com today. James in Federal Way, Washington. Hey, James, what's on your mind today? I was glad to hear you call DeSantos a comrade. I've been saying for a long time that these GOPs, these pretty old people, are worse than a bunch of commies. And the reason I say that is because they're here and they have all the money. What say you, Tom? I agree. And in fact, I think we need to make it clear in our history books, <laughs> in those states that still teach history, that the Soviet Union, while they call themselves communist, were not doing, uh, by and large, what Karl Marx envisioned. It, it, that was an autocratic right-wing dictatorship where the state basically stole everything, and, and which is what Putin is trying to reinstall. And uh, so, yeah, you know, comrade, uh, the, these people were not Jesus freak type communists. So, yes, let's have, share the common purse like Jesus and his disciples did. Instead, they're flaming autocrats. I, I am with you. Thank you, James. Carol in Valencia, California. Hey, Carol, what's on your mind today? Tom, I think we need to begin to really seriously plan to secede. I do not think we can work with the southern oligarchs, the Appalachian descendants of the Scotch-Irish that are the Trumpy followers, and the banksters that, that play along. Who's the we that you're speaking of, the Carol? We is the way the we, you know, I called you a, few, a month, two couple months ago about this very impressive book, American Nations. And his next book was American Character. And the next book now is Union. This is a man who has, um, who's a historian and Pulitzer Prize author. His name is Colin Woodard. And he writes that we are not one nation. We are a blend of 11 nations. We are in a culture war between those people who, who are descendants either because of their, their actual descendancy or where they grew up. If you grew up in New England, you have a different culture. You have a different way of thinking about... But isn't that, isn't that, shouldn't that be what makes a country strong? That there is diversity of experience, diversity of opinions, diversity of uh, worldviews? Of, of course, but when the oligarchs, they have succeeded in capturing the structure of our country. They have the political structure. They can, we we can't fight them politically. Yeah. With the, with, here's with here's what I see playing out, Carol. If Ron DeSantis or Donald Trump become president in 2024, they will set about to tear apart this country. And I could imagine New England splitting off, and or at uh -huh. least a good chunk of New England and the West Coast, California, and the West Coast, Oregon, and Washington right. State, and the, and the southern part of Texas, which is very very uh, simpatico with the northern part of Mexico. Right. No, I, I get all that, but I, I don't oh, think that that's something much. that we should be initiating. And I because you're going to leave a hell of a lot of people behind. A lot of good people who call into this program are in red states. Number one, and although it would create, I think, a, a great bifurcation and a great migration. Um, but it would also be the end of, a, of, a, of an extraordinary experiment. And the United States, I mean, you know, uh, we're, in fact, we're going to talk about this in the second hour. You know, the question, should Ukraine join NATO? 
the European Union does offer security guarantees, but we're not part of the European Union, so the United States is not part of it. And we are such the, the, the 800-pound gorilla militarily, um, particularly when it comes to a nuclear-powered country like you know, Russia, that um, breaking up the United States would be the ultimate wet dream for Vladimir Putin. And I'm just not ready to go there, Carol. I, I you know, I, 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 I thank you for the call. I, I, you know, I get what you're saying. And like I said, I think it's entirely possible that somebody who thinks like Putin, who holds Putin as an ideal, like Ron DeSantis or Donald Trump, would do that. But I don't think it would be a good thing. Quick story, and then I'll pick up your phone calls here. Our GOP death cult alert, seriously, the Republican death cult just is rolling along. They killed another couple hundred thousand Americans just in the last 10 months. I mean, this is really a breathtaking report. This came out of the Kaiser Family Foundation, you know, one of the premier health think tanks in America. And what they found was that they're only looking at people who died of COVID after June of last year. Now, the vaccines became available a little before that, a little over a year ago, excuse me, that the vaccines became available. So here we are looking from June of 2021, six months after the, more or less, after the vaccines became available, until last month. You'd had six months to get vaccinated. It was absolutely free all over the country. Hospitals, doctors' offices, county health clinics, every place. They were pharmacies. Please come in and get vaccinated. Vaccines are free. Come on in. It's all good. From June of last year until last month, 234,000 Americans died of COVID. Which means that probably another million were disabled by COVID. Who were unvaccinated. It's amazing. 40% of America is still unvaccinated. It's just breathtaking. This is like really serious stuff. Fatalities among unvaccinated U.S. adults range from a high of 86% in June of 2021 to a low of 58% in January 2022, which means that some vaccinated people are also dying, but they tend to be the people who were on immune suppressive drugs or were already dying of something else or, you know, whatever. And this, by the way, was not looking at boosted people. How can you, how could you, I'm, I'm just putting myself in the, in the shoes of a Republican politician who goes out and makes fun of COVID and, and ridicules vaccines because that's what Donald Trump does and that's what they think they have to do. And they know that they're responsible for people who follow them, people who voted for them, getting sick and dying and leaving behind, you know, grieving children, families, aunts, uncles, nephews, grandparents, whatever it may be, and costing America billions of dollars in healthcare expense. How could you be one of those politicians? Could you be one of those politicians? I couldn't. I don't understand how Republicans can sleep at night. And for that matter, I don't understand how anybody who works at Fox News can sleep at night. Actively promoting for years the idea that people should not get vaccinated. 
I realize this was, you know, a major Russian meme. The Russian troll factories have been pushing this thing for, you know, ever since the vaccines became available, trying to stir up discord and discontent in America, trying to make Americans hate each other, and more importantly, trying to make Americans sick and hurt America financially and, and morally. And I get it that the Republican Party has bought into this and just, hey, you know, Putin says that it must be true. Anyway. I'll leave it at that. I'll, you know, put the question out to all of you. Okay, David, in North Miami Beach, Florida. Hey, David, what's on your mind today? Forgive my hiccups. Hey, y'all. Yeah, good thing I could hear the hiccups. Yes, sir. Uh, as far as the the whole uh, anti-vaxxing, remember that it was uh, Michelle Bachman who sort of put Trump on the anti-vaxxing, almost turning Trump into a real-life hairy line wanting to dilute I don't recall that. Okay, it was very early in the primary debates. Yeah. Um, and as far as Bible, I wish someone would uh, reimagine the story of Miriam Moses and Moses Cushite wife, presumably black, because I'm sure the, the, uh, the, you know, the good Christians love that story. But I call to remind you that uh, our governor of Florida, who was a history teacher in Georgia, but Florida has zero history teachers. Wait a minute, are you serious? Primary and secondary. If you try to apply to be a history teacher, which Charlie Crist anointed me one 20 years back, right. now you can only be a social studies teacher because they took 10 fields and slammed them together. So you want to teach history, you're competing against an economic person or whatever. So the land of Ponce de Leon has zero history teachers. I tried to be. A I bet they have zero civics teachers too. So what I they did is they made a social studies so that they could use it as a vehicle to indoctrinate people in neoliberal ideology. We got to let the marketplace run things. And Am I guessing clear, right? Now that so many public schools have been hollowed out, replaced by charter schools. Right. And uh, I'm hearing from reliable sources that you don't even need a bachelor's degree to teach the primary secondary i understand for preschool but this should have people screaming you know why don't we have high standards instead of paying half as much per student as connecticut yeah yeah but Amazing. they don't care mary in seattle hey mary what's on your mind today religiousness and how they're using religion as a shield to pretty much rob America and destroy America. And if the Republicans are saying we're religious, we want religion, we love this, and their their leader is a man who has, the Bible would say, is a demon. You know, really, mm -hmm. he's like the uh, Saul. If you look at it, him and Saul are just alike in the Bible. And uh, they... Uh, at least Saul before his conversion, you mean? Oh, yeah, Saul was, you know, the, the leader, religious leader of, of Israel. And then... Oh, you mean the original Christian Saul, the Old Testament Saul? Yeah, the, okay. the King Saul. I thought you were the, talking uh, about the guy who became Paul. No, King Saul in the Bible that tried to destroy David and the people of God and everything. But anyway, they're pushing Putin, and there's no religious freedom in Russia, you get a Bible. Okay, let's get a group of these so-called super religious people. Take them to Russia, give them a Bible, let them stand on the corner yeah. and see what happens to them. Right. And they're promoting him that's anti-God, 
I'm not saying he's the Antichrist, but this man is the new Hitler, and anyone and, and Stalin and everything, anyone that doesn't see that, they have sworn for 70-odd years or more they're going to destroy America. And Putin has that in his mind. And then the so-called Republican religious, they're promoting that man. Somebody is, okay, if you look in the Bible, in Matthew, I don't know if it's, I know it's somewhere in the 20s, 24, 25, he said, in the last days. Yeah, that it's Matthew 25. That was going to be, was deception. And it yeah. said deception was going to be so bad that if you look at those scriptures, one scripture mentions deception like yeah. 20 times. Mary, I, without, without grounding this in the Bible, um, I, 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 I'm, I'm with you. I, I, I think that, you know, uh, we are in one of those moments that people warned about back in the day. You, could, you, you know, if you believe that the Bible is divinely inspired, you could say God warned about um, but I, you yeah. know, I'm inclined to believe that you know people were war warning us about it as well, uh, or instead, or whatever, because it's this is this is part of human nature that societies try to control, and that is the the, the desire to dominate others, to steal from others, to 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 hoard, the the you know to 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 hold power over others, and. And, and to use religion, to use those things that you can't see, mm -hmm. you know, faith, uh, the, the, the belief in things unseen, to use that as the weapon to do this. And, the uh, weapon, the shield, it's like a shield. Like, they used to do those shows on the street, because I used to live in Chicago, and I'm from the country, and we go to the big city, men. If you make it to Chicago, uh, they are going to rob you, everything, at the bus station. You get taken because, you know, they know how to avoid that stuff. But your country coming in uh, blind and they'll have a show going on, somebody doing something, somebody in the back stealing your wallet. And then turn around, think of this guy from Bremerton that's doing the prayer thing in the Supreme Court. He's uh, coercing kids. They're going to reject religion. When you force people to pray, so. force people, I think they so. reject it. Mary, I got to run, but I, I, I think you're right. Quick math. The less your business spends on operations, on multiple systems, on delivering your product or service, the more margin you have and the more money you keep. But with higher expenses on materials, employees, distribution, and borrowing, everything costs more. NetSuite is the number one cloud financial system, bringing accounting, financial management, inventory, HR, all into one platform and one source of truth. With NetSuite, you reduce IT costs because NetSuite lives in the cloud with no hardware required. It's accessible from anywhere. You cut the cost of maintaining multiple systems because you've got one unified business management suite. You improve efficiency by bringing all your major business processes into one platform, slashing manual tasks and errors. Over 37,000 companies have already made the move. So do the math. See how you'll profit with NetSuite. By popular demand, NetSuite has extended its one-of-a-kind flexible financing program for a few more weeks. Head to netsuite.com slash Hartman with two N's. netsuite.com slash Hartman. That's netsuite.com slash Hartman. CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be.
David in St. Paul, Minnesota. Hey, David, thanks for listening to KTNF. What's up? What's going on in Florida and what's going on with our climate disaster and everything? I in the voting rights and everything, I know um, I would want the Democrats, and I've talked to Mark Polkan about this, why aren't they splitting bills up into individual things? Um, and just, if they're not going to get anything done as far as these big bills go, break them up into smaller bills so the American people know that the Republicans are actually voting against I completely voting agree rights, with you, David. You know, and or apparently they're voting against climate change. Or they're, I mean, that's the only way to get people energized to say, because right now people are going to say, well, Biden and no one are doing, they're, they're getting the blame for no one doing anything, yet... They, they would, but the Republicans and two senators are holding them back. And even Joe Biden acknowledged that this weekend when he was talking about the two senators that don't vote with him. You yeah, know? This so, was the point that, is, that Elizabeth Warren made over the weekend. And I've been saying this for a long time, David. I, I completely agree with you. And I think you said it very well. They need to they need to split out each one of these things and let you know, and, and most of them will pass the House of Representatives without a problem right now. Send them to the Senate and get those senators on the record. This is what this is what should be done. I'm with you. Tom in Tacoma, Washington. Hey, Tom, what's up? Good morning. Um, I'm confused that the uh, Democrats are focused on debating about policy. I think we have to look at what happened in Slovenia and say this election is a referendum on democracy and every should have a button that says I choose democracy and every politician should end their speech with God bless America and choose democracy because either we choose democracy or we live with autocracy and then you get Mike Lee coming out saying I'm not supportive of democracy I th- I want peace and stability and freedom and and uh, you know you don't need democracy for that and you get uh, you know the Limbaugh ditto heads coming out going oh we're not a democracy we're a republic don't you know, it sounds more like Republican than it does like Democratic. Democracy just sounds like Democratic. That's just propaganda. You know, I, I agree with you, Tom. I think this is a referendum on democracy or a Republican form of government, as I referred to it today in my op-ed, um, to, get, to get around that specific kind of, uh, you know, response. But, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm with you. Tom, thank you. Stuart in Chicago. Hey, Stuart, what's on your mind? Um, I'm going to uh, read the fourth uh, uh, section of Article 4, the United States shall guarantee to every state in this union a Republican form of government and shall protect each of them against invasion and an application of the legislature or the executive against domestic violence. Right. It's not just theoretical. I mean, it's so clear. That the federal government has an obligation to make sure that democracy prevails in every state? Exactly. Yeah, I'm, I'm with you. I'm, I'm with you. Stuart, thank you. Mike in Lameda, California. Hey, Mike, what's up? You know, I was just listening uh, to this charming lady call in a little earlier about the situation in Bremerton, Washington, where a high school football coach is having his players voluntarily, quote unquote, engage in public prayer at the 50-yard line. Right, now that it's going to the Supreme Court when he does his prayers, like parents are coming out of the stands to go down and pray with him, and other parents are going over to another corner to turn their back on them, and I mean, it's getting weird. Well, just before that lady called, I finished a design on a bumper sticker, which I was going to send a few of up to Bremerton, and it says, Being American, I pray for freedom from your religion. (laughs) Ha! So, That's ironic. 
<laughs> so that's my thought for the day. Okay. Thank you much. You're welcome. It's a good one. Lori in uh, Cashiers, North Carolina. Hey, Lori, thank you for watching Free Speech TV. What's on your mind today? Hi, Tom. Thanks for taking my call. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm going to try to get this to make sense because it's just kind of forming, an idea of forming, but I wanted to get your opinion. I think that what's happening in Florida, and I'm calling about that because there seems to be a lot of traffic on that today, is that there are so. I grew up in South Florida, and there was this little company called The Seed that would take kids that were, you know, hard to work with, and they put them through this program, and a lot of them, you know, had to do with drugs, pot at that time mainly, but it, there was a very heavy religious content to it. Mm-hmm. And that's why the kids hated it. They hated it. And now, with so many people in South Florida and across this nation that have been tied into these rehabilitation programs that are so heavy with the religion, right. that I wonder if this isn't an aspect that the conservatives are taking advantage of that. You know, just like the kids up in Washington there that are afraid that they won't get to play a position on a football team unless they bend to the religion of the coach. There's a huge population, a swath of people in this country that are tied to their rehabilitation and their indoctrination into white evangelical preachings. This started in the 80s, Lori. This started during the Reagan administration, and Jerry Falwell and Ralph Reed and these guys were very much at the forefront of it. Well, it started earlier than that, Tom. Well, I mean, in a big way. The the, 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 1972. Yeah, but the idea that government money could be redirected toward religious organizations and the idea that uh, 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 religious organizations, basically churches, that had just been preaching religion could see a new revenue source from running group homes or running private schools or running rehab centers. That is something that exploded in the 80s. Yes, it had existed before that. Um, you know, Bob Jones University is probably the best example. But, but uh, you know, it, it, just, it just exploded in the 1980s and it's continuing. I mean, this is part of the whole neoliberal idea that government shouldn't be doing things. It's okay if government collects the money and gives it to private industry to do it, or in this case, gives it to religious organizations to do it. The government shouldn't be doing these things. I'm concerned about it too, Laura. I share your concern. Hey, thanks so much for sharing our program and for reaching out to our stations and sponsors and letting them know that you're listening. It really means a lot to us. All right, so Elizabeth Warren, she was on one of the weekend shows. I think it was, uh, what, State of the Nation or whatever it is, the one on CNN on Sunday mornings. And uh, I saw her on that show. And she said, if we don't get up and deliver, then I believe Democrats are going to lose this fall in this election. And I agree with her. We are measurably losing support among young parents who lost as a result of every single Republican in the Senate, along with Joe Manchin and Kirsten Sinema, who lost those $300 a month child, basically, you know, child support payments. We've seen now an explosion in childhood poverty. We have a massive problem with student debt. We have corporate price gouging. 
And it seems to me like this is just, this is like the trifecta for these guys. By Richard Hine, this is the Daily Edge. A whole bunch of billionaires have just weighed in and they're throwing their money into Republican uh, into Republican circles. Uh, Rupert Murdoch, Blackstone CEO Stephen Schwartzman, Oracle co-founder Larry Ellison, Citadel Key CEO Ken Griffin, Home Depot co-founder Ken Langone, and hedge fund billionaire Paul Singer all giving massive donations to the GOP. This is for these elections, the elections that are just coming up. You know, so, and you can thank the Supreme Court, by the way, for all this. So what Elizabeth Warren is saying is that we need to be calling out, you know, the price gouging by these giant corporations and these billionaires, the tax, the exploiting the tax loopholes by the billionaires, the, the, the rewriting the, the laws, essentially, by these right-wing billionaires. She said that we should cancel student debt. I'm with her on that. She's called on her party to pass a windfall profits tax on the oil and gas industry, which is robbing us. I, it, this morning, I was listening to NPR and, uh, you know, getting dressed, and, and they were talking about how the price of oil is down, the price of gasoline is up. Well, what does that tell you? It tells you that the oil companies are, are stealing from us. You know, they're, they're, it's, it's price gouging. There's only a handful of oil companies left in the United States, just like there's only a handful of airlines, and there's only a handful of you know, food companies, and a handful, I mean, it's basically every industry is now monopolized. And, and this is, they, they were actually able to measure this, that support for Biden and his party is slipping among young voters, partly on climate change, partly on student debt, partly on uh, the child tax credit, which sent uh, the loss of that child tax credit in January has sent poverty surging. So I guess there's a, a political question here and a practical question. Number one, we know all these things should be done. President Biden was quite popular when he passed the American Rescue Plan back in 2021, in the summer of 2021. It produced some really, really good results, including, you know, the child tax credit. But then every single Republican and Manchin and Cinema set out to destroy that, to end that. And I, I'm of the opinion that, you know, uh, Manchin is, is uh, just following his fossil fuel friends, and Cinema is following her big pharma and health insurance industry friends. I'm not sure that either or both of them are really committed to destroying the Democratic Party, but that's the consequence of it. That's the effect of what's going on. So if the Democrats, if the Biden administration can pull this off, if they can break out some of these bills and pass them through the House and get them to the Senate as standalone legislation, to say to Republicans and Manchin and Cinema, I dare you to take on this one. And President Biden can end $50,000 of student debt right across the board for the roughly half of students with student debt who have federal loans. Should that be done now, or should that be done in September? If that's done in September, because keep in mind, I mean, people have short memories in politics, very short memories. Now, the Republicans seem to think that they need to be doing their positioning for November right now. But, of course, we're going into primary season. And in Republican world, it's Trumpy Republicans versus rational Republicans. 
if there is such a thing. You, you know what I'm talking about. But I guarantee you that they're, they're just, they have just laid the groundwork for the, for the social wars that, that they're going to be having this fall. So should Joe Biden wait until September to end student debt? After all, the, the, you know, the student debt moratorium runs until August 31st. So should he, I'm, I'm personally of the opinion, given that the moratorium goes through August 31st, that he probably shouldn't do anything with student debt until September 1st, and he should do it on September 1st. You know, wipe out $50,000. This was his campaign promise. Keep it. And, and many of the other, other things that can be done. You know, just step by step, start this stuff. Start it this fall after, you know, after everybody's back from summer vacation. What do you think? Do you think I'm being too cynical here? Too political? Or is this the time that we absolutely need to just do what's going to work to hold power in this political system so that the power doesn't get seized by people who are openly fascist? Dillian, Celine, Michigan. Hey, Dillian, what's up? And wondering if instead of saying, Mr. DeSantis, why are you not banning the Bible, which gives him an opportunity to just turn it around on us, say, you know, Mr. DeSantis, why are you advocating for banning the Bible? And have them answer that question. I mean, that's the logical extension of the criteria oh, that you're setting down. Yeah, that's interesting. So it just start just coming right out and claiming Republicans, you know, you know where this is going to end up. This is going to end up with a ban on the Bible. <laughs> I, I yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Good. Good thinking. Good thinking. Thank you very much for that. It's, it's a great idea. Vincent, Churchill, Tennessee. Hey, Vincent, what's on your mind today? Yes. How you doing? Um, I was just sitting here and I was thinking, whatever happened to that oil in Iraq and now I'm starting to realize not just one country, but two countries <clears throat> between um, Venezuela and between Iraq. Um, I looked up the uh, Iraq. Iraq says that BP owns the company. They own the oil now, and uh, they're holding it as a reserve. BP owns oil so in, in Iraq. Well, yeah, I mean, Dick Cheney was planning on selling the oil of Iraq to over 30 countries uh, back before he invaded. They had it all divided up. Yeah, but up. there's a reason for it. There's a, I believe there's a reason for it. They're holding that oil. They're holding it up in both two countries where we were getting oil. Now there's more of a demand. So I'm looking at it as, as something in, where they're trying to keep it in the ground. They're saying that Venezuela oil is, is garbage now. It's hard to get out of the ground because they made it sick. I think we're oil. looking at a situation. You know, let me expand on your conspiracy theory, Vincent. I think we're looking at a situation right now where large, major corporations in America, now that we're seeing these billionaire CEOs of these corporations are starting to, to pour literally tens of millions of dollars into Republican, into Republican Party politics and into the, the, the elections this fall. These large corporations, if they can jack up prices, it jacks up profits, which helps them with their stockholders and makes them richer, and it hurts Joe Biden and Democrats who are in charge right now. 
And so they're going to keep this inflation going because this inflation is mostly being driven by corporate profits. I mean, there is a there is a, a supply chain element to it, but it's and and there is also the, the the big oil factor that you know Donald Trump and Saudi Arabia conspired or worked. He you know he he brags that he uh, negotiated a great agreement to take three million barrels a day off the world supply. So they cut their production by about three million barrels a day. Saudi Arabia did back in 2020 because the price of oil was in the tank. Well, now Biden is saying to them, well, why don't you raise it back up by three million barrels a day? It'll drop the price of oil down to $70 a barrel or maybe even 50. And the Saudis are going, nope, not going to do that because we don't want Democrats in power. We don't like democracy. We don't want America to be a democracy. We want autocrats. We can do business with Republicans. We love Republicans. Republicans hate democracy. So we're going to keep the price of oil high to hurt the Democrats in the election. You got giant corporations, whether they're airlines or, or retailers or whatever it may be. I mean, you know, the head of Home Depot is pouring money into into Republican politi- politicians right now. So, you know, yeah, jack up those prices as high as, you know, until people start squawking and, uh, you know, jack up those prices and blame it on inflation and blame it on the administration and blame it on Democrats spending. I mean, this is like this is like a twofer or a threefer for them. So, so Mohammed bin Salman wins. You know, Saudi Arabia wins. Russia wins. They're making a fortune on their oil. The Republicans win. And who loses? Democracy and Democrats. Blame inflation on the, on the Democrats also. Look what the, they were doing in Texas. They were holding back the trucks and doing, doing uh, so-called inspections. Yeah. Did you got you hear about that? Oh yeah, that? yeah. What Greg Abbott did. Yeah. That was crazy. Yeah. He, well, he, he was trying. He, that was a stunt that I think is going to backfire on him, <laughs> but because uh, he he was just too high profile in it. But yeah, it's yeah, the same. It's the it's the same thing. Let him pay for the loss. Let him pay for the loss and see how. Let's hit him in the pocket. Yeah. Know? Well, they're going to have to. I mean, that's the bottom line. Yeah, I'm with you, Vincent. Yeah. Thank you, uh, Kevin in Durham, North Carolina. Hey, Kevin, what's on your mind today? Hey, Tom. So I guess what I'm wondering is, you know, where is the line for Republicans and Republican voters? Um, Like how far is too far? I saw a clip of an interview with Mitch McConnell and the reporter basically was like, you know, what's your moral compass? Like assuming he's the nominee in 24. Asking Mitch McConnell about his moral compass is like asking Jeffrey Dahmer what his favorite breakfast is. Well, I mean, he, he asked him, like, you know, is there anything that he could say or do that would make you say, okay, that's a bridge too far for me. Right. And McConnell basically said, if he's a nominee, then I'm going to vote for him. Right. Um, I just don't, I don't it, it seems like there's no line that can't be crossed. I mean, you look at DeSantis, basically what he did is use the power of the state to punish a corporation for speech. That should scare everybody. I don't care where you fall politically. Yep. Um, My point. McCarthy, McCarthy lying about his, what he said to Trump. And people are just like, oh, well, you know, the mega crowd, the mega crowd is not angry about him lying. They're angry because he was going to talk to Trump about resigning. Yeah. Uh, so I'm just like, I don't know. Where is the line for Republican voters? How, where is the or is there no line? I, I, I feel like there's no line that can't be crossed. Well, I think uh, I think you know, what we've seen is and, and what you see with people like Marjorie Taylor Greene is that there is no line. But it's a good question, Kevin. And let me just toss it out to any Republicans who happen to be listening. Even uh, the wife of Clarence Thomas, you know, it was revealed that she was texting Mark Meadows about overturning the election. That should have been, you know, a huge scandal. And we've all forgotten about it. Yeah. I just don't 
I don't know where where are our principles? Where have they gone? Where's the morality? Where's the where's the ethics? January 6th uh, is coming out now that there were several GOP members involved in planning that. Yep. Where's the accountability there? And now here we are in 2022 talking about Republicans may take back the House. And I'm just like, really? After all that we've seen, you know, it's just like, where is the line? I don't know where the line is. Yeah. All good. Know? All good questions, Kevin. Maybe maybe we'll get a Republican to respond. Thank you very much for the call. Michael in Bangor, Maine. Hey, Michael, what's on your mind today? You know, I'm a conservative. You know, I'm a libertarian. I talk all the time about that. And I agree with you that DeSantis truly made a mistake here and a miscalculation from a philosophical and a, and a political sense because he's got to be inherently consistent. And what I found interesting in what you said was that I thought, and maybe I'm wrong here, but I thought you were sort of using a neoliberal type of argument to defend Disney by saying that the market should be taking care of whether they're popular. And I agree with that 100%. I never said that, Michael. What I said was that the Supreme Court has ruled that corporations are people. They just did it explicitly in Citizens United in 2010. And therefore, as or persons, and therefore, as persons, they qualify under the 14th Amendment and under the Bill of Rights to specific protections, including protections for free speech. And if we're going to live in that system, and that's the system we live in right now, you can't you can't pick and choose which free speech you're going to go along with. And 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 the Supreme Court has ruled on several occasions, actually, that punishing that using the power of government to punish a person for speech, particularly political speech that you don't like, is not only unconstitutional, but arguably a crime, depending on on, you know, where it's happening and what. And, and what exactly is being done. And I think that's what DeSantis is doing. I think he's, he's spitting in the Constitution. He's, he's, and, and this is a guy, he's got a law degree from Yale, if I'm remembering correctly. He should know he's this. Harvard. But Harvard, okay, thank you. So, uh, yeah, but I guess my point is that could, could you, we agree, but don't you see that it seems to me that at rock bottom, the core point of your argument is that government should not be involved in regulating free speech. It should be the free market, which is a classic neoliberal point of view. No, I'm not making that. First of all, regulating free speech is what the Constitution does is it limits the power of government, period, full stop. I mean, yes, the marketplace regulates free speech all the time. Try posting something hyper-inflammatory or obscene on Twitter or Facebook or YouTube. It'll be gone. That's the marketplace regulating free speech. But that's not what the Constitution is talking about. What the Constitution is talking about is what government may do. And what DeSantis is doing is he's using this hammer of government. And it's a very real hammer. Government is the only authority in our nation or in any nation that has the legal right to imprison people and kill people. And, and force people to go off and kill other people in something called wars. I mean, government ha- is the only thing that has, and to, and to demand taxation, although there are areas where, you know, individual corporations can theoretically, you know, tax for all practical purposes. But, but this, this is the power of government. I, I realize this, I'm using a libertarian argument with, here with you, Michael, as a libertarian. But it, as a power of government, it has to be constrained. And DeSantis is blowing this up because, in my opinion, this guy is a neo-fascist. He wants to be a dictator. He wants to use the power of government to help his friends and punish his enemies. I mean, look at all these textbooks, all of the textbooks that they, these math books that they banned. 
what they ended up with is all the math, all the textbooks that are acceptable now in Florida, if I'm reading the news correctly, and I, I may be wrong on this, but I'm pretty sure I'm not, are coming from two companies that are associated with with right wing right wing causes and companies and 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 you know not specifically DeSantis it doesn't look like he's got a personal dog in this fight but a whole bunch of people around him do it's like that should not be that's not how you should run government government should in in terms of education should not be advocating for any particular point of view in the political spectrum I agree and they should not be it shouldn't be left and it shouldn't be right the I other agree. thing it should be do, and the other thing it should not be doing is advocating in any sense for any theocratic idea or concept. It becomes a sticky wicket when we start talking about would you ban the reading of the Bible in public schools. I would argue that you should not be doing that, not because you should ban the book, but because it's advocating for a particular form of religiosity over the other types of religiosity. That no. might be out you, there. You, you're absolutely right, and that's and that's why you don't have Bible readings in in public schools, or at least ones that you're forced to listen to. You know, the first Supreme Court ruling came out in the '70s, I think it was. They said, "Well, you can have a moment of silence, and people can say a personal right. prayer." That's fine with me. I mean, you know, I think that's fine with the Constitution. Michael, I got to run. Thank you for the call. Okay, picture this: it's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Kitty in Delray Beach, Florida. Hey, Kitty, what's on your mind? caller earlier, uh, I guess he was a Republican who was pushing the um, propaganda that Putin puts out. Hasn't NATO proven they're not a threat? I mean, Russia has been messing with their neighbors for quite a while. They went and annexed Crimea. What did NATO do? Nothing. So if Russia can go into another country of their neighbors, attack them, annex their land, and NATO stands down, they have proven. They have proven. Time and time and time again, they are not a threat to Russia. So for the Republicans who are pushing that propaganda, when you say that all you're doing is favors for Putin against your own country and Western allies. Yep. So, you know, it's like I, it, I have been dying down here in Florida because basically the politicians here, they're only concerned with culture wars. And then I get to hear my countrymen repeat that yep. and, and propaganda. And it's making me sick. Because I'm starting to wonder if we, to me, it seems like Democrats these days are about democracy. You know, democracy. That's what this battle is, Kitty. The the electoral battle of 2022 and 2024 is going to determine the fate and future of democracy. And not just in the United States. If the United States falls to a DeSantis or a Trump who, who pulls a Putin, then... The, the you know and and then in the next election France goes with Le Pen I mean you know and and, and of course you've got Putin behind a lot of this stuff you know just pulling the strings and and, and tweaking people um, it's 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 not going to be a good thing for democracy around the world right. democracies have been falling ever since 2006 Turkey is gone and- the Philippines are gone India is gone I mean you know it, over and over and over again you're seeing democracies become oligarchies and autocracies. 
And I'm watching it here because, I, I mean, I do have a lot of Republican friends. I mean, I, I don't care what somebody's uh, politics. I really don't. But when down here, when you have a governor who's only concerned with culture wars, I mean, what is their weird obsession with gay people and transgender? I go about my day. I don't think about gay people or transgender. I love them just the same. I have friends. I, I do. But I don't spend my day obsessing about gay people. This is what you do when you've got people. nothing else. They, yes. Republicans you know have nothing to missing, offer the American the people. Do you know how many nukes in America are MIA? Six. We have six nukes that are missing in America, but we need to be really hyper-focused on um, transgender people. Yeah. What pro- population is... I love them, like I said, don't get me wrong when I say this, but what's their population? What's the numbers? We can't focus like this on these issues obsessively. It's culture war. And when you have politicians in America that are uh, focused on culture war, to me, it's a tricky tool. It's just a little tool that they're using to get your votes. Because when you really think back about about it and you peel it all back, the Senate just took away my rights. Rights. So who do I have to pick from a politician? This guy who wants to take away my rights or that guy who wants to take away my rights? DeSantis is not what they are saying. He is not what people are are putting out there. Like, I'm talking about, like, the right. Yeah, no, I'm I'm telling you, he is the Trump mini-me. I just got to say this about abortion. The, The word abortion should be removed. It should be health. He took away my own autonomy to my own health, my right to privacy, the right that I have to discuss things with my doctor is no longer my right. He took away my rights. I, and I'm in my 40s. So, you know, if I were to get pregnant today, it's not about babies and God and all that. It's my health. Yep. Health. So if you don't have autonomy over your own health in this country, if politicians start saying to you, we know better than you do about your health. We know what's better for you for your life what you're going to do with your family planning. We know better than you, and we're going to put it into law. You don't have a choice anymore. You don't have autonomy over your own body anymore. So with all this democracy and freedom and rights, I just I have to look through the BS of it all. If you're a Republican and you're pushing Putin's propaganda, there's something wrong. There's something wrong with you. Okay, NATO is not a threat. Stop with the culture wars and being so caught up in propaganda on your own side. I can see propaganda on the left. I am no party politics. I'm not beholden to a Democrat or a Republican. I am surprised, Kitty, that that the pro-choice movement has not used the fact that women in their 40s, even their late 30s and their 40s and their early 50s who are still fertile, experience massively higher levels of maternal death if they're forced to to carry a pregnancy full term than do younger women. I'm just, you know, I mean, you're absolutely right. It is such a health issue and it needs to be marketed or talked about in those terms. Kitty, thank you. Thank you for the call. Thanks for listening to us on SiriusXM. We'll be back tomorrow, same time, same place. In the meantime, don't forget democracy is not a spectator sport. Get active. Get out there. Get active. Tag your end. We'll see you tomorrow. You've been listening to Tom Hartman. For audio and video archives, visit TomHartman.com. 